Welcome back, everyone, to episode four of the Peanut Gallery. I am here, Dan Irwin, in Kansas City with my partner in crime, Jared Davis. Jared Davis, how's life? It is hot here in Dallas. Another hot summer day, but it's not going to be as hot as my fantasy football team this year. Woo! Oh, bold take. I like it. I, I mean, me, you, and Drew are the only ones that have won our league twice. And our league has been in creation for over 11 years now. So if anyone can talk trash around fantasy football, it'd be people who have won leagues, which is us. So cheers. Correct. Cheers and to I'm that, I'm going to be getting friend. that third win this year. Well, market at the book. No. okay, we'll, we'll see about that one. But with that in mind, speaking of fantasy, episode four here, we are going to talk all fantasy, top 10 quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, kickers and defense. We're going to limit it to about five because um, then after there, it's a, it's a big drop off overall. So a lot of this will kind of tie in a little bit to based upon our NFC and AFC records. Usually if your team is 12 and four, that probably means you have some players that are going to be on this list. Which, speaking of, Jared, why don't you break it down? Let's start with quarterbacks. Who you got? Who's one? Who's two? And give us your top ten. Sure thing. So uh, just a heads up how we do our our fantasy league is PPR. So keep that in mind as we're uh, going through these lists of receivers and running backs. The other thing is that for our quarterbacks, we get six points per touchdown. Some leagues do three points. You know, not as many points as a rushing touchdown would count for. So just keep those things in mind for, for what we're discussing today. We get six points for those passing touchdowns. So quarterbacks are, are a big deal in our league. So starting off, I have basically two, two guys that could be the number one here. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be one of the best, you know, fantasy football players to have on your team, without a doubt. I see him throwing 40-plus touchdowns this year. I know if you looked at his 2019 stats and you're like, Jared, what are you talking about? That was a pretty lackluster season. Keep in mind he was out for a few games. And, you know, he's dealing with an injury in the games that he was playing. He has the work ethic of, you know, some of the best in the NFL. Uh, He's going to come back this season strong with an even better running back behind him to run that ball. You know, Mecole Hardman, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. We're talking some of the best weapons in the league. This guy is going to put up ridiculous numbers. And maybe we'll see a season where he goes beyond the 55, which is the record set by Peyton Manning for the most touchdowns in a season. But like I said, there's two guys that could get this number one spot. The other one's Lamar Jackson. I have Lamar Jackson at number two. But if you're in a league where passing touchdowns are only three points and rushing are six, I would swap them. I would put Lamar Jackson as the best because he, you know, he ran for um, over a thousand yards rushing last year, which is just insane for a, a quarterback to do. And he had like seven rushing touchdowns, 36 passing. The guy just put up ridiculous numbers. I don't see him repeating that. I see him having a solid season still, but that's just what he did last season was unreal. And that's why he won that, you know, the NFL MVP. Then after Lamar Jackson, I got Russell Wilson, another guy who's mobile. He, he put up, I think, 31 touchdowns, 4,100 yards in the air. That's just, that's, that's a good season. And, he was definitely up there in the top three last season in quarterbacks in our league. I think he's going to do the same this year. He's got DK Metcalf, who I think is going to be a stud his sophomore year. And and I just see the Seahawks being, like you said, a 12-4, and four, if not better team. And you want those guys, uh, you know, you want the players on those 12-4 and four teams. Then I got Kyler Murray. This is, you know, this is a little high. Oh, boy. Um, but you guys know me, Jared Davis, back in the Cardinals. Bold prediction. They're going to playoffs. They're going to have 10 wins this year. They're going to do it all. And, and it all starts with Kyler. Making that move to bring DeAndre Hopkins to their team is just, I mean, I feel like we've talked about it over and over again. But it's, it's such a big deal. The, the guy's a massive playmaker. Oh, yeah. And He's one of the all, top wide receivers in the league. Exactly. All, all Kyler has to do is get him the ball. And I see, I see a lot of touchdowns coming in their near future. So I, I like Kyler Murray being the number four. He's young. He's talented. His ceiling is unknown. It's so high, I think, that we, we definitely haven't seen it yet. He's only played one season. And like I said about DK Metcalf having a blowout sophomore year, I think Kyler Murray is going to do the same. I don't see a slump coming. I, I just see that team getting better and better. Number five, I got Drew Brees. 
just uh, you know, year after year, solid quarterback who puts up the numbers. He's got the best wide receiver on his team, in my opinion, in Michael Thomas. And once again, Saints are going to be a 12 and four, 13 and three team. So he's he's definitely gonna gonna keep it going at the ripe age of what is he, 41 now? You know, too old to count as far as I'm concerned. That dude's <laughs> a grandpa out there throwing, slinging the ball around. Hey, but he can still throw. Then at number six, I got Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, the, the reason I think Deshaun's one of the top four quarterbacks in the league right now, but with them losing DeAndre Hopkins, and they, I think they got Brandon Cooks now. Brandon Cooks is injured a lot. He doesn't play every game. And, you know, I, I haven't seen the output out of Cooks as I would like to have seen in the last couple seasons. And they just – they don't have their playmaker anymore. So – and, and, and not only that, but the Houston Texans are going backwards, not forwards right now. You know, God bless him. Love Deshaun Watson. He's got his work cut out for him. Because of that, he's at number six on my list for, for quarterbacks. Number seven, Aaron Rodgers. He's got Devontae Adams. The Packers are, I think, going to be right around where they were last year. Same, same uh, pretty much same performance. Rodgers has a fire um, behind him now that they – drafted Jordan Love so he's either going to come out slinging which typically Aaron does or he's going to do what he did last season and have more of a lackluster year um I don't it's it could be either I I just don't see all the weapons there on that Green Bay team to make Aaron Rodgers hit his peak and a lot like he did a lot a few years ago so um that's why he's rather lower on the list at seven and then Tom Brady after him. Tom Brady's the GOAT. He puts up numbers every year. We always see the touchdowns with fewer interceptions. He's a smart quarterback. I mean, come on. The guy's won six Super Bowls. So he is now – it's it's interesting. He's on the Bucks. He has Mike Evans. He has O.J. Howard. He has, you know, all the weapons He's are got there. everyone. Weapons are there. And – the only thing I'm hesitant on, the reason he's not higher up on my list, is I think the age is starting to get to him. I think he's no longer going to be throwing the ball as far or fast or whatever as he was before in the previous years. I just see a slight decline, and because of that, he's at number eight. Rounding out the top ten at nine, I have Dak Prescott. They added C.D. Lamb. I think that puts him in the top ten. If C.D. Lamb was not coming to the Cowboys, I would not have Dak in the top ten. Because of C.D. Lamb freeing up, helping free up Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott's there to run the ball when they when they do need to run and open up the passing game for him. Dak's Dak's not a great quarterback, as in he's not in the top tier, but I think he is in the top ten in 2020. At number ten, I got Matt Ryan. He, they got Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, who's a top three receiver in the league. Falcons always produce offensively as long as Ryan stays healthy. I think he's a top ten. Just a guy who barely missed the list at number 11. First one out, Matt Stafford with the Detroit Lions. Stafford was putting up ridiculous numbers last year. He had a game with 400 yards passing until he unfortunately was injured and and had to sit out the rest of the year. If he's healthy, keep an eye out for him in your drafts. If Like, for example, if you're going heavy on the running back wide receivers right out of the gate and you kind of want to sit back and watch his quarterbacks go, Matt Stafford might not be a bad take late late in the draft. So that that rounds out my list. Dan, what do you got? Well, I mean, your list is already null and void because it doesn't have Carson Wentz in the top 10, but that's an entire another discussion that we could literally do an entire podcast about. Well, uh, if we started the list backwards, he'd be on it. Worst quarterbacks uh, to best. Oh, man. Eagles Nation is going to be coming at you with fury and frenzy. It just, I, I, whatever. All right. For me, I agree at the top two. I have Pat one, Lamar two, you can flip a coin. You're not going to upset me either way. Uh, if you feel one should be one and the other should be two, they're both going to be great. I think if you were to take anyone above them, that'd be a mistake. Um, so let me just go on and down into to three and 10. I got Russell at three. He was the third best quarterback last year, three for 31 touchdowns, over 4,100 yards. Had some rushing yards, so not a terrible thing. Had 300-plus rushing yards and, and three TDs, so that helps pad the stats a little. He's got the weapons with Lockett and Metcalf. I think he's just going to be right there again at the number three spot. And where we start to differ is here. I've got 
Tom Brady, the GOAT, at number four. Last year, he was the 10th best quarterback and was throwing to, I don't even know their names because Julian Edelman was injured basically every game. And I can't remember the other wide receivers who were out there or any tight ends they had. It was pathetic. Now he's got Godwin, Evans, OJ Mayo, Brate, Gronk. He's got the weapons and he's going to throw for 34 plus touchdown passes this year. Lock it in. It's going to happen. And he's going to be a top four quarterback. Five, I've got my boy Aaron Rodgers to what I talked about in episode three. I think he's coming out with a vengeance. I don't believe he's going to have the same stats he did last year, which to Jared's point, what he talked about was a little lackluster. You know, he only threw for just barely over 4,100 yards and only 26 touchdowns, right? That's the lackluster part where people are so used to Rodgers. I mean, heck, everyone's used to him throwing for 40. I think he goes back to that range of 35 to 40 touchdown passes, and I think he's going to end up being a top five quarterback this year. We agree on number six. I believe you had him number six. I got Deshaun Watson. Uh, a couple of reasons. One, I think Brady and Rodgers just surpass him this year because they outplay him and have better seasons. I wouldn't take them uh, in a one game or like an overall season if talent's equal as a quarterback play. I think Watson's better. But to your point, lost Hopkins. Bill O'Brien is a drunk kid with a controller as the GM out there. Doesn't know what he's doing. But Deshaun Watson is still so amazing that he's in the top 10. I got Prescott at seven. Although when you talk wow, about- Wow, Prescott at seven, huh? Yeah, I, I got him. I haven't heard Wentz yet. Look, you're going to hear Wentz's name, all right? Because I'm not crazy like you. Prescott has better weapons. And it's just a fact, Jared. I don't think you disagree there. So Prescott has CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Gallup, a better O-line or just as good. And he's got a better running back. So yeah, naturally, Dak Prescott is going to put up better statistics. Does that mean he's a better quarterback? Absolutely freaking not. And anyone who thinks Dak Prescott <laughs> is better than Carson Wentz as a quarterback, you need to be checked mentally because I don't know what to tell you. So they is he, he's going to put up better stats. Correct. And Carson Wentz. Correct. Only because he has better weapons. Uh, yes. And exactly. then you think that they're going to lose games. They're going to lose more games than the Eagles. And that's just out of Dak's hands. Well, I think Dak is able to put up big numbers against bad teams. I believe I talked to it. If not, I'll repeat here. Dak Prescott has played 18 teams who have had 10 wins or more. Him and the Cowboys are 5-13 and 13 in those games. And he's thrown for 21 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. His stats all come from the crap teams that the Cowboys should be, which is a good thing. But he really pads them there. So if you're in a league where there's only one quarterback starter and Dak's not taken um, as someone's constant starter – Get him as your backup, and when he plays those trash teams, plug him in because he's going to light it up. Well, and, and I, I would also pay attention. Some of those trash teams have good defenses. So just keep an eye out on that. I, I don't know if that's a fair thing to say. The Giants, Washington football team, you know, they're, they're playing them twice every season. I would say those are on the bottom tier of the teams that they're playing. But, you know, the, their defenses aren't terrible. So yeah. even though he's beating these bad teams, those bad teams don't have offenses. Um, I shouldn't include the Giants in that because their offense is, is decent. I, I do think Dak is padding his stats on these bad teams, but those bad teams do have good defenses, and that's what he's playing against. He's not playing against those bad teams who can't even score points, you know, get points on the board. So, Yeah, I mean, fair. I just – he puts up stats, right? It might not equate to wins losses, but for fantasy purposes, all people care about is how many touchdowns he throws, how many passing yards, and if he has any rushing touchdowns, which he will get a fair amount because of the weapons he has around him. Eighth, I've got your boy. I got Kyler Murray. I think he takes another step. He was last year the 11th best quarterback, and he was a rookie. Um, so I think that only improves for him, and he obviously added Hopkins. Nine, I got Matt Ryan. He's got the weapons. He's a good quarterback. And then lastly, I got my boy. I got Carson Wentz. Last year, he was the ninth best quarterback. This year, I got him the 10th. Maybe he'll prove me wrong and even be top five, and then I could rub it in Jared's face. That'd be great. I would love that. But I just think all the other quarterbacks above have way better weapons, and, and that's what matters when it comes to fantasy football, not necessarily wins and losses. Just missing it for me, Drew Brees, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins. I think they're all solid quarterbacks. 
I just think they'll they'll be just outside the top ten when all is said and done. Fair enough. You know, I had Drew Brees at five, um, so I, I think we we have a big difference there. Yeah, I'm interested when we get to the wide receivers because who's throwing to Michael Thomas? Drew Brees. I, I'd like to see him a little higher on your list. That and the whole Carson Wentz thing. Those are my you know, my two big disagreements there. That's fair. Drew Brees was the 14th best quarterback last year, fantasy wise. So I'm not exactly going crazy. I would say you're the one who's crazy by putting him fifth, just to point out that. Now, I agree with you. I think, and you can kick it off. Michael Thomas is the surefire number one wide receiver you take. You should not be taking anyone else. 100%. I mean, he was so good this past season that they were considering him for the MVP. Um, or there's talks about him getting the MVP. Obviously, Lamar took that, and it's, he, it's rare that you know someone other than a quarterback gets that award. I think uh, Adrian Peterson got it one year as a running back, which was you know that that's that's awesome. But most of the times, it's the quarterback who gets that. So for a wide receiver to be in the talks of it, it's next level, and that's my, that's who Michael Thomas is. He's a next level tier on his own in that in that talent category of, of wide receivers in the NFL. For example, last year, he had 1,725 yards receiving with 149 receptions and nine touchdowns. It's just something that everyone wants on their fantasy team if you want to, if you want to win. The, the next closest was Chris Godwin, who will have Tom Brady throwing him the ball this year um, with uh, as far as fantasy points in 2019 but I don't have Chris Godwin number two I have um, DeAndre Hopkins and that's because there's a little switch up here we got yes Deshaun Watson is probably better than Kyler Murray right now but I see DeAndre coming in to Arizona and just lighting it up I think he's going to have one of his best years as a wide receiver right out of the gate with uh, Kyler Murray and and Kingsbury is going to you know, be the coach that they need to drive them to success. And that's why I have Hopkins at number two. Julio Jones, number three. He was number three last year as far as uh, fantasy points go. He had 1,400 yards in the air, uh, 99 receptions, six touchdowns. Just year after year, the guys in the top three, I mean, I can't remember how long. And I, I don't think he's slowing down yet. Eventually, we'll see him uh, start to fade, but I, I don't think that is in 2020. So I have him still with Matt Ryan throwing the ball at number three. Number four from Kansas City, Tyreek Hill. Mahomes is going to be putting up points like no other. Uh, he always loves throwing those deep balls. Tyreek is always there battling it out. The, the one thing that he does that impresses me the most is Mahomes will chuck that ball you know, 50 yards downfield and Tyreek will go out of his way and just, I don't know how, he, how high his vertical is, but it's insane because he's, he's shorter than a lot of the corners he's going up against, but he's jumping higher than them. And he's so aggressive at going after that ball, going towards the ball, um, that, he, that that's how he's able to make up those big plays that uh, just really start to add up all those points. Um, so Tyreek at number four, Devontae Adams at number five with Green Bay. Obviously, Rodgers has a target he's going to be hitting, and Adams is number one. In your point, Dan, with Rodgers being, I think, in your top five quarterbacks, he's going to be throwing the ball to Adams the most, which makes him a top five receiver. Number six, number seven, both from Tampa Bay, the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Great receivers. I have Evans one step higher at number six. Mike Evans has tremendous work ethic, and and I he's driven by the competition with Chris Godwin. I think they both are in a positive way. They're great complimenting receivers, but I do see as Mike Evans, just a little bit more talented. He is getting older, but I think he's definitely not past his prime yet. And with Tom Brady throwing the ball instead of Jameis Winston this year, I think he's someone to look at for getting a lot of points. If it was one of them on the team, the other was somewhere else, they would be higher in my fantasy list, but they just, with both of them, they got to share the load. So it's, it's hard for both of them to get multiple touchdowns a game, if, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, um, no, that so makes that, sense. That's why they're kind of, you know, at six and seven. Talented-wise, you know, they're top five. Number eight, I got Kenny Galladay with Detroit. He's Matt Stafford's main target. Um, if Stafford stays healthy this year, which usually he does. I know last year he didn't, but usually Matt Stafford can take a beating out there and come in and week after week and just put up great, great numbers. 
and, and Galladay is his go-to. One thing about Galladay is I think he, uh, you might have to watch him. I think he's on the COVID list right now. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into how this is going to work out for week one. I'm sure he'll be back and not out right then. But in fantasy right now, they're considering him out, not playing, because he's on the COVID list. Um, so just keep an eye on that. Curious to see, like, if they test negative, are they good to go right away or do they have to wait a certain period of time? So, you know, make sure and do your research on that before, before the draft. Number nine, Juju Smith-Schuster with the Steelers. If Roethlisberger can stay healthy this year, that's his go-to. Um, the Steelers always have good numbers on the wide receiving end, thanks to Big Ben. And Juju's just a stud. He's, I think, underrated and uh, in a lot of lists out there for receivers. So got him at nine. Rounding out the top 10, Adam Thielen with the Minnesota Vikings. There's no longer a, sh a share for him with uh, Stephon Diggs. Yes, they got that rookie Jefferson coming out. I don't know if he's going to be as big of an impact as Stephon Diggs was. So I, I could see Adam Thielen getting the ball a lot. I, I, I think he will have better year than last as far as pure stats goes. So I, I have him rounding out my top 10. Uh, Someone, you know, just a couple receivers who just missed the cut. Amari Cooper with the Cowboys and DK Metcalf with the Seahawks. DK Metcalf could have a huge season and be in the top five receivers in the NFL, I think, as far as uh, stats go for 2020 or as, as how many fantasy points he'll get this year. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I could see him being one of those uh, round three, round four picks you could get that could have major upside. So that's my receiver list. Dan, what do you got? Okay. All right. One name and I'll get to him. I, I think he was a, a mess even in your mentions, but but we'll get there. Our top three is actually unchanged. I also had Michael Thomas one, DeAndre Hopkins two, and Julio Jones three. I think everything you said is applicable. They're all three studs. Love them all. Great guys. They always play every game. Um, the one thing I don't love and I hope turns around, and that's why I'm still keeping them at three, is Julio Jones last year only got six touchdown catches. I'd like to see that. At Very least low. At, yeah, I'd like to see that at nine, at least, which is what Michael Thomas got, Chris Godwin, someone who you didn't say, and is on my list, Cooper Cup, he had 10. Kenny Galladay had 11. So that's just, I'd like to see at least three more, just because, you know, yards and touchdowns matter. Fourth, I have Chris Godwin up here. I think he is a lot better than Mike Evans, and I believe he will become tom brady's number one target and he'll have even better stats than he did this previous year five tyree kill just a beast he's the fastest man in the nfl he's so good pat mahomes loves him i just and when the season ends i'd be shocked if tyree kill didn't have 1200 receiving yards and eight touchdowns at least so he's going to be in the top five no one can catch that man good luck triple team him put four people i don't care he's gotten open Six, I do have Devontae Adams, mainly because I do think Aaron Rodgers turns it around this season, has that fire underneath them, and I think Devontae Adams will be on the recipient end of that and have over 1,000-plus yards and could get close to double-digit double touchdown catches this year. A name you didn't have, just mentioned, I got Cooper Cup on here. He had over 1,100 yards last year, 10 touchdowns. He was the fourth-best wide receiver from a total fantasy points last year. So I think Jared Goff loves him. He had he targeted him 134 times. He caught 94 of those. And the Rams offense, although it's not 2018 when they were putting up 30, 33 points a game, they still were putting up 25 points a game, and Cooper Cup's the number one option there. So I think he'll have another great year uh, with Jared Goff and, and Sean McVay at the helm. I get it, but let me defend why he wasn't on my list real quick. Okay. Um, and I, I do like it. I'm not saying you shouldn't draft him. Usually a lot of fantasy leagues, you have you know two wide receiver slots, so he would definitely be in the upper end of the draft. I just don't like how he has to share the load with Robert Woods. Robert Woods also had 139 targets, so almost just as you know, they split the load equally. He had 139 targets versus the 134 that Cooper Cup had. They both hit 1,000 yards. They're both liked by Jared Goff. And yes, Cooper Cup was still able to be in the top five wide receivers points-wise last year. Yes, all you said, yeah, it's all true. I don't like how he has to share it. 
Because what's going to happen is you're going to have weeks where Robert Woods gets all the touchdowns and all the catches and Cooper Cup was a dud. And then next week it's going to be the opposite. And so it's, it's, I like consistency. I like guys on teams that like Michael Thomas, you just know he's going to get the ball and get that touchdown. Julio Jones, he, he does have to share it a little bit with Calvin Ridley, but Julio Jones is just on another level, right? So I, okay, that's fair. Does that, I, I, right. as far as I, talent wise, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are about the same in my book. Maybe Cooper Cup's just a little bit better, but those two guys are not on the same tier as Mike Evans and Chris Godwin duos. Right. Yeah. From a duo standpoint, no. Yeah. No, your logic makes sense. I get it. I just think there's definitely a clear, with that discrepancy in touchdowns, I think there's a clear, obvious that Cooper Cup is, is better talent, but we'll see. Eight, I, I think you had him up around this area as well. I got Kenny Galladay. I mean, heck, he posted up great numbers with terrible quarterbacks. and Guys if, I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> and if he has Matt Stafford for the entire season, I mean, we could be – next year we could be talking about his name in the top four and right there with Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. So, you know, last year, 11 – Almost 1,200 yards receiving, 11 touchdowns. So you got to choose him in the top 10. You got to pick him early in your draft, you know, outside of, you know, the Tyreek Kills, Godwins, Julio Jones types, but he's going to be a big player. Number nine, I like Tyler Lockett still more than DJ Metcalf uh, or DK Metcalf, Metcalf, excuse me. I just think there's too much love there between Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. They've been doing it for a fair amount of time. And so to me, the key question, right, to your prediction of will he, will Metcalf blow up is, is Russell Wilson there with Metcalf confidence level like he has with Lockett? I think that's the key question that will need to be answered and we'll see it this season because talent-wise, I don't think anyone could argue Metcalf is way better. He's faster, he's stronger, he's bigger. So from a pure wide receiver standpoint, he should – be the better wide receiver but i think russell wilson still likes Lockett a little more i, I could get that it might take make take another year or two before Metcalf starts getting the ball more yeah so we'll, we'll see and then 10 rounding out i do have mike evans he's too good to not have on here there's going to be plenty of balls go to go around and passing yards and touchdowns down there in tampa for mike evans and chris godwin to both eat so I think he still ends up on this list. And then for me, just outside, this one, this two, might, they might both be shocking. I got Odell Beckham Jr. I had him at 11. I think there's a big bounce back year for him. You know, two years ago, people were talking about him with DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. I think Cleveland, you know, my prediction is they kind of turn it around, make the playoffs, and Baker turns it around as well. If all those things happen, that means Odell Beckham Jr.'s He's going to have some around. points. So yeah. I think it's a possibility that that he could, you know, best case scenario, he could end up being top six. Uh, but I do think he turns it around because I think Baker turns it around and he's the number one option there. And then 12, he was a rookie last year, did really well, uh, considering Joe Flacco as the quarterback the first 10, 11 games. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver Denver. He had just over 1,100 yards and six touchdown catches. And like I said, you had Joe freaking Flacco throwing the ball, who was terrible. Now with Drew Locke at the helm for an entire season, I think he could be right on the fringe of, of a top 10 wide receiver. Okay, I might have one more comment on the receivers before we move on. Okay. A lot of leagues, you, you have those flex positions. So just like a recommendation, all the good wide receivers are taken. Let's say, you know, the top 25 are all gone. If you're looking for possibly a sleeper that, that could have a big year, I like Mecole Hardman with the Kansas City Chiefs. He, he was I'm, – I'm not trying to say that he's part of this top 10 list by any means. I'm just saying that as a backup receiver on your team who might put up some big points in some games, he would be uh, uh, someone to watch out for. He had a stellar rookie year, and I think he just go he, – he expands on that. So, so keep an eye out for him. Yeah. No, I, I like that. And, and I think, honestly, something to look out for, obviously, is all those rookie wide receivers that were taken in this year's draft. I would C. say – C.D. Lamb. C.D. Yeah. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, uh, T. Higgins. Look at, take a look, good look at all those guys later in your drafts, except, in my opinion, Henry Ruggs, the Las Vegas Raiders guy. 
because I hate both their quarterbacks. So I don't think he's going to have that great of a season. But look at the looking wide receivers he would take and where they have good quarterbacks and solid offenses. Those guys could possibly blow up and have like 800, 900 yard, uh, receiving yard seasons and maybe a couple touchdowns. All right, running backs, I think number one, doesn't matter if you're PPR or not PPR, you got to go Christian McCaffrey. The dude's a beast. 100%. He, he had over 30. Or excuse me, he had over 2,300 total yards between rushing and receiving last year alone, 19 total touchdowns. And not to mention, they just got rid of Cam as if the offense wasn't already featured enough around McCaffrey. It will continue to be that way. And you, you got to take him. If you don't take him, you're speaking of being on another universe, that's where you would be. So he's the number one, take him number one. And then from there, I got Barkley number two, which might differ from a lot of people. Saquon Barkley, Giants running back. He's had problems with injuries, but if he's healthy the entire year, now with Daniel Jones there, an actual competent quarterback, I think he will be the second best running back, both PPR and non-PPR league as well. Zeke, I got three. You just the Cowboys offense. It's I mean that offense honestly should be averaging twenty-nine to thirty points a game. And Zeke has been a staple of that offense for the past three or four years, and I don't foresee that changing. And he's going to get all the touches. He's going to get all the goal line carries. So got to be in the top three. He's going to have another great year. Four is where I start to go off the deep end maybe. Some people might even think I uh, you know, might be smoking weed or, or doing something else, or they might just call me a homer. I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at number wow. four. Wow. Haven't even seen him play yet in no. the NFL. Like nope. I, we have no footage of him going up against any defense. Not a one. And and let me tell you, I'm not worried. And I don't he's care. in your top four. Yeah, he's in my top four. I don't care. Call it a homer pick. Call me crazy. I don't care what you say. He will be a top five running back this year. Explain. And, Explain. I, I got you. Let me let me let me bring you in here. In twenty seventeen, back when Alex Smith was the quarterback for the Chiefs, Kareem Hunt might remember his name. He's currently with Cleveland. Splitting time with uh, with Chubb a little bit, he yep. led the led the league in rushing, and had double digit touchdowns. The year after that, 2018, he was well on his way to having another career year: thousand yard season rushing, over 500 receiving yards, double digit touchdowns. Until he, you know, did something stupid, got suspended uh, by the NFL, kicked off the Chiefs. Andy Reid's running backs always are in the top ten, and heck, pretty close to always the top five. Brian Westbrook in the Eagles days, LaShawn McCoy in the Eagles days, Kareem Hunt was well on his way had he not done something idiotic, could have been the next great Chiefs running back. Clyde Edwards has that capability. He is exactly that type of Brian Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy running back, dual threat, can catch the ball, can run the ball. That's why the Chiefs drafted him because there weren't any good defensive players they wanted to draft. So they're like, why don't we just give Pat Mahomes another weapon? So I, that is why I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be a top five. I have a number four running back this year in fantasy. Book it. You're welcome. I'm shocked, but I, I don't hate it. I understand where you're coming from. I, I'm shocked. I don't hate it as much as your, your Carson Wentz take, <laughs> but it, it's just to be a top four, you know, it's hard, I, it's hard for me to imagine a rookie doing that, but it, it's not too out there. Yeah, especially for the running back position. Right. Like if he was going to, you know, the Raiders or some other team that didn't have a great offense and all these weapons like Kansas City does, he wouldn't even be in the top 10. But because of the situation he's going into, he's going to be set up for success like no other rookie running back has before. That's, that's true. Like Reed will definitely put up some screen plays. Just some, Oh, the king you know. of screens. Yeah, and you're, he's going to get away for a couple of those and, and go for those, you know, 60, oh, yeah. 70 yard touchdowns. So, book it. You heard it here first. The peanut gallery, Dan Irwin, thank me later. Uh, he's going to be a top, top four running back. Now, number five, I got Dalvin Cook. Love him. Great dual threat running back as well. Vikings are a great offense. He's going to put up stats, big stats again. He was the fifth best running back last year. So, I love him. Draft him. Derrick Henry, I got sixth. One thing I don't love about Henry is he is not a pass catcher. So if you play in a PPR league, he's not going to be great in that region, but he's so dominant rushing the ball and getting rushing touchdowns because he doesn't get taken out at the goal line. 
This dude's 6'2", 250, and runs over everyone. Uh, last year at over 1,500 rushing yards and 16 rushing touchdowns. So I love him. I just think he's a step behind those other, those other running backs. And I think people are going to hone in on the Titans, uh, much like the Chiefs did in the playoffs by stacking eight in the box and making Ryan 10 and he'll beat you. Seven, I got Kamara, another great dual threat running back uh, with the Saints. Had a little bit of a down year last year, but I think he bounces back. Sean Payton talked about it. They talked about it a lot after the season of how they really didn't do a good job getting Kamara involved in the offense as much as they would have liked to. So I think that they assessed that this offseason and make sure to conjure up plays that will release him and, and get him back to his old ways of, of 2018-2017 stats. Eighth, I've got Nick Chubb. He was a top seven running back last year. Had over four, just barely shy of 1,500 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. Kind of same thing here around PPR type stuff. Not great in the passing game, but not terrible. Uh, but I just think he's too good on the ground to pass up. He's, he's so fast. I remember last year, I think he had like a 88-yard rush and just got there in a blink of an eye. So he's great. Cleveland should bounce back and be a decent offensive team. So he's definitely a top 10 running back. And then rounding out to top two for me, is I've got Aaron Jones of the Packers, who last year, you know, a lot of people were like, I think he's, I have him too low. Last year was the second best running back. He had over 1,000 rushing yards, over 400 receiving, and 19 total touchdowns. The guy was a touchdown machine uh, outside of, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. And then lastly, I got Austin Eckler. This is purely based upon the league Jared and I play in, which is PPR. He is a machine. He had 92 receptions last year and just barely shy of 1,000 receiving, and he had eight receiving touchdowns. So for PPR, he is fantastic in that region. Now he lacks in the pure rushing game. He had barely over 500 yards there. So in a holistic league, I mean, looking at holistically, he had 1,500 total yards and 11 touchdown passes, or excuse me, 11 touchdowns total, which is pretty great. Um, you know, just in that 10, the 15 range from our running back that, that you would look for. So Jerry, that's my top 10 running backs. What, what do you think? What do you got? I think we, we actually agree a lot on our, our lists. I thought as well, I got Christian McCaffrey, obviously number one, we went over that. I also had Saquon Barkley at number two, and I thought you were going to have something different there. And I think a lot of lists out there probably will, but Saquon Barkley is just a, I mean, he's, he's a stud. And he's going to drive that Giants offense. I agree. I, I think he's his numbers last year weren't that impressive. I think he was like a number eight running back as far as fantasy, fantasy points over the season. Um, but I, I could see him being a top three. And then number three, I agree. So I have Ezekiel Elliott, number three. Our one, two, threes are the same. Uh, number four, Mark Ingram with the Ravens. The Ravens are a great football team. They're going to be playoff bound. Um, they're going to have a great record. And Mark Ingram's going to be part of that success. Did you mention Mark Ingram in your list at all? No, I did not. So, yeah, this... I, I, I was pretty shocked that yeah. he wasn't on there. Uh, he, was, he was just outside for me. If you look at uh, last year... Because he was top he was, 10 last year, so I completely he, left him off my list, which... Yeah, he, he was a little disrespectful. Seven. He was number seven. He had 1,000 yards rushing... He had 10 rushing touchdowns, five receiving, combining for 15 total. So I, I, I think he, he improves. I know we've never seen like Markingham be a number one running back. Last year we did. But before that, when he was with the Saints, it was always – he was kind of like that third down, maybe second down back. Kamara was the first down back. They shared the load a lot. And Kamara was definitely the, the guy who was catching all the – you know, the passes out of the backfield. And so it, it was tough for him to share that load. When he went to the Ravens, he's pretty much the lead back. And, you know, there's no one else really vulturing from him except for Lamar. <laughs> so uh, Lamar is kind of a running back as well, the way he runs the ball as, as a QB. So I, I do, though, think Mark Ingram's top five. Rounding out at number five, Alvin Kamara with the Saints. He had a lackluster year last year. You were right. Peyton, Sean Payton's going to give him the ball more. I agree. Uh, it's his contract year. This is the last year he's getting paid. And, and so players tend to ball out on their contract years, meaning they show their value and, and pad their stats so that they can get that 
big contract signing at the end of the year to basically, you know, get them paid. Uh, so I, I think Alvin Kamara could have a, uh, one of his better performances this season, maybe even the best. Number six, Derrick Henry. Like you said, he doesn't really catch the ball much, but he's a truck. <laughs> he just runs through defenses. I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, even in the playoffs, it was fun to watch. I mean, that guy was just running over people. He, he's definitely up there. Number seven, Dalvin Cook with the Vikings. Vikings have a good passing uh, game, and, and the rush is there to help every year. So I just I don't see him having a lackluster year. I, I, I see him being in the top ten. Aaron Jones with the Packers. He was number two last year uh, as far as points go. He had three receiving touchdowns and 16 rushing touchdowns combining for 19 total. That's a lot. That's someone you want on your team. So I will say Aaron Jones, I think, is a little too far down my list. I'm, maybe I wasn't giving him enough credit. So feel free to move him up when you're drafting. He's definitely someone you want on your team. Then at number nine, Nick Chubb. I agree with the Browns. He, he's definitely a top 10 running back and year after year, he, he will be good at number 10. I got Clyde Edwards, Alaire out of Kansas city, the rookie. So I did add him to my list. He is top 10. He's not top four, but I do like Andy Reed's offenses for running backs. I, I agree with you there. He will make them get points. And another thing that I don't think you mentioned is that Damian Williams opted out due to COVID who was the chief's feature back before um, we drafted Alaire. I think that insinuates that Alaire is going to get the ball even more. I was thinking he was going to be like a, uh, maybe first, second down back split the load basically with uh, Williams. But now that Williams has opted out, I feel like Andy Reid's going to incorporate a lot more plays and schemes for Alaire. So he's my number 10 guys who just missed the cut. Kenyon Drake and Austin Neekler. Other than Ingram and Alaire being a lot higher on your list, I think we're we're pretty much in agreement here. Yeah. No, I think overall, those are going to be your top 10 guys, you know, top 10, 10 to 12, uh, especially McCaffrey, you got to go on. Anyone else, you're, you're a crazy person. Uh, let's go in the tight ends. And I think we'll probably agree on one and two here, which is Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. I got Kelsey one, Kittle two. You can flip a coin. These guys are both amazing. Love them. They both catch well over 80 balls. They both have over 1,000 yards receiving. Um, the one thing I'd love to see out of both of them more is, is touchdowns. Uh, both had five, so they tied in that category. Uh, I'd love to see them both honestly get up into the double digits. Jared, did you have anyone different there in the top two? Top two? No, it's the same. I, okay. I agree. It's I, – it's basically flip a coin. I'm always picking Kelsey first because Mahomes is better than Garoppolo. Yeah. Yep. I feel like that's the big difference maker. But other than that, you, you can't go wrong. Okay. And then as far as the rest of my list, three, I got Mark Andrews, uh, Baltimore tight end. reason I have him is because he had 10 touchdowns last year, which is the double most. Double digits for a double tight end. Double digits for a tight end, which is huge. Impressive. Uh, that's why I got him three. I think that trend continues. Uh, he should increase his catches and yards, but to me, that's that's a money maker. If, if your tight end's getting double digits, that guy's got to be in your top three. Four, I got Darren Waller, the Las Vegas Raiders tight end. He had 90 catches, 1,100 plus receiving yards. The touchdowns again, not great here. So I'd like to see that increase, but it seems like. Not surprisingly, since Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota, TBD on who's starting, I think it's probably Carr, are checked on wonders. You got to love Waller. I agree. I, I, he came out of nowhere last season. Oh, yeah. Like, I was I, just like, where, who? Yeah. What? Who is this Waller guy? And you're saying 1,100 yards receiving in the air? Like, that's, it's nuts. I, I did not see that coming. So I missed that last year. I definitely missed out on having him on my team. I agree. He's, he's definitely in the top five, top four tight ends. Yeah, and then I got Tyler Higby, Rams tight end. Um, he really found his spot. Jared Goff really started to like him, especially the second half of the season. I think that trend continues, and he has an even better season. Alone, last year he was still the seventh-best tight end in the league, so I definitely think he can take that next step and, and come to the top five. You really like this Rams team, huh? I just, I mean, Jared Goff slings it around, man. They still score. 
I might not think they're going to have a better record, but I still think Jared Goff is going to throw for over 4,400 receiving yards. And guess who's going to be on the receiving end of that? Your boy Tyler Higby. Higby had three touchdowns last year. He doesn't even make my top 10. I think you're crazy with these uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cups, Higbys. Well, hey, you know. hey, hold on. I didn't say Robert Woods was a top 10 wide receiver. I said only Cup. I, I, I know. Defense. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm laying down, though. Like, I, 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 you feel like I'm giving too much love to the Rams. You think Goff is next, lev- next level. Uh, I just I don't, I don't see it. You know, I mean, you didn't put him in your top 10 quarterbacks. I don't think. No, uh, I did not. But, but you're acting like his, the receiving end of his passes are top 10 candidates. So I personally, I, I don't have Higby on my top 10, but it's because I don't see as Jared Goff producing as well as he has in the past. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Doubtful. I mean, talking about a two time fantasy football champion here, I think I know how to draft players and get value, but. Who knows? Maybe I will be wrong. (laughs) Six, I got Zach Ertz. For Ertz, want to see more yards. He only had 900. Not a big fan of that. When you, to me, he should be. Two years ago, we were talking about Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz. Now it's like Ertz has kind of fallen off the face of the planet. With Uh, Wentz. Okay, who was the quarterback two years ago for the Eagles, Jared? Yeah, it was still Wentz. All right, that was no, absolutely not. Terrible argument. Stop hating. You know. I hope Ertz gets back to where he was two years ago. I think he's a top three tight end talent-wise. We'll see if the stats can back that up this year. Seven, I got Evan Ingram. Like the way where he's going, I really think he's going to have a blowout year this year, especially with Daniel Jones. I just think Daniel Jones has really improved, and that offense was night and day different once he took over as the quarterback. They could actually score, uh, whereas before it was their average like 15 points a game. Eight, I got Austin Hooper, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, now with Cleveland. I think Baker is going to utilize his wep- weapons well this year, as will the, the new head coach, and he should be a top 10 tight end. Gronk, I got nine. Sole reason around this is I think Gronk is going to be heavily utilized in the rest. He's not even going to be in the game. Well, I mean, yes, he'll play in the game, but he's not going to be playing every down. There's no way. And if he is, then and you're right. I'm wrong. Okay. You're, Look at you're, right now. Grok will have at least seven receiving touchdowns. OJ Howard's going to be in the game just as much, if not more, than Gronk. And that's yep. going to be really hard for him to, to get those stats. But you can't, you can't beat the chemistry. The, the, Tom Brady and Gronk have seven-plus years of chemistry, and that matters. It's like working with people you like. It's what you do. It's how, it's how the world runs. Yeah, but what happens when you know Gronk's not in that – in the game on that down where Tom Brady throws the touchdown. You know, I, I we'll have see a hard we'll time see visioning a world where Gronk is playing every down as healthy and as good as he was two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. He's degraded years, year after year. He didn't even play in the league last year. I, I don't exactly fresh start. He's had, he's had plenty of time to heal. He's going to we'll be see. ready to go. And then last, last week, I got Hunter Henry, the Chargers tight end. Talent-wise, he's in the top five, but oh, the poor guy can never complete a season, which is why he's down here. Um, if he can complete a full season, he's going to be right there in the top six, I think, tight ends. But I've, I've not seen that many times in his career, so that's why he's on the lower spectrum of this list for me. Jared, I know uh, at okay. the top we seem to agree a little bit, but uh, towards towards the bottom half we seem to uh, – I went off the rails, as you would say. We agree on some things and just really disagree on others. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, yeah, everyone thinks the same thing there. I got Zach Ertz a little higher. So, you know, the Eagles Nation, I've been giving you guys a lot of crap lately, but Zach Ertz, to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys some love here, is a top three tight end still this day in age. So I think in 2020, he is uh, top three, and I would pick him up before I would go after the likes of Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry. So number four for me is Darren Waller. I agree that basically what you said, Dan, with, with the whole Derek Carr, uh, Mariota situation, they're, they're going to check it down to their boy Waller, and he came out of left field last year. I think it's he made a big enough statement that he'll be back this year with the same, if not better, stats. 
Mark Andrews, number five. I could see, you know, last year he was a number four in points with the, he plays for the Ravens. Um, he had 852 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns. I guess you already touched on that, but one thing that stuck out to me, I got notes written down, was double digits on the touchdowns. Impressive to do as a tight end. He had just as many touchdowns as Kelsey and Kittle combined for, which is impressive. Um, but part of that goes to Lamar Jackson's MVP year. So Lamar Jackson kind of has to keep producing for that, for that to keep happening. Um, just a factor there to watch out for. Hunter Henry at number six. If he stays healthy, I like him. You know, he plays for the Chargers. Had five touchdowns last year, 650 in the air. Like to see a little more on the touchdowns and yards, definitely. Uh, that's pretty low on the yards. But year after year, he just doesn't quite stay healthy and play every game. So that's the one thing I'd watch out for. The one thing I don't like about him is, is uh, there's, there's an injury-prone issue. Um, number seven, Evan Ingram. I agree with you there, Dan. He kind of had a lackluster year last year. I think it's hard for tight ends if you're not in the top three to produce year after year. So I get it. You know, if he had a lackluster year this year, can turn around with the Giants and have a big year. You know, I, I don't see two two years in a row of that kind of performance. Number eight, Austin Hooper with the Browns. Yes, I agree. He was on your list. I can have him there too. He had 787 yards six touchdowns good enough for me to be in the top 10 here's a name that not a lot of people talk about at number nine i got from the denver broncos noah font and i think he is gonna have possibly a breakout year this is putting a little faith into dan's bold prediction my boy drew lock of drew lock winning the mvp so he's got to throw it to somebody and I and I I like Noah uh, as as one of the tight ends to improve the most from the 2019 to 2020 season. So keep an eye out for him. If if he doesn't go drafted somehow, maybe he's he's someone you want to keep an eye on on the waiver wires after week one. Um, just a, a name to remember. At number ten, I kind of have a tie here. I like Jared Cook because of its once again consistency. I like players on my fantasy team that are consistent week after week. And Jared Cook is one of those tight ends that just comes down with four or five catches every game. It might be 40 yards, no touchdowns, but hey, I'll take those eight points, you know, or uh, some games it might be that touchdown and it gives you that the, the extra six points you need for the win. But Jared Cook, he is just, you're, even when he played for the Raiders, he was still just putting up decent numbers every game. Um, so I really like that about him. I'm not saying he's a top tier tight end. I just think due to his consistency he w- and um, reliability, I would still consider him for a tight end on my fantasy team. And then Darren Fells with Houston is who I have like at the 11 first man out, kind of right there with Jared Cook. Hear me out on this one because I know this is another name that doesn't get talked about much. Deshaun Watson has to throw to somebody now that Hopkins is gone, right? And he has his receivers, but I would like him to work with the tight end a little bit more. And I think he could find find uh, some some games where Fells really can ball out. He actually, you know, he performed better than Evan Ingram last year, better than Jimmy Graham, better than Cameron Brait, right, right there with like Kyle Rudolph. So I could see a world where Fells improves and, and it's just kind of like what I said with Noah Fant that he has another you know he's he's one of those tight ends that doesn't get talked about like a sleeper that has a really big increase in output between 2019 and 2020 and, and right. that rounds out my list I'd be a big fan of uh the Noah Font one you know Denver Drew Locke representing all right, let's go. And our last two items here, we're going to do kickers and then defense. Kickers, I think, overall pretty easy. The trend you should follow are the best offenses because that means they're going to be scoring the most points. Therefore, that means the kickers are probably scoring the most points as well. I got Justin Tucker, number one, Baltimore, then two, Harrison Butker, Kansas City. You can flip-flop either one. Those are going to be your best two offenses. Then, in my opinion, they should be the two first kickers taken. Three, I got Will Lutz, New Orleans. Another amazing offense. Four, I got Matt Gay, Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is going to be just throwing touchdowns all over down there on the way to the Super Bowl. And then number five, I got Greg Zerling, the Dallas kicker, because Dallas will 
should score a lot of points. And he will be right there to kick the field goal when Dak misses a third and third down and two pass to CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> I like it. I, I mean, it's kickers. It's it's hard to disagree here. I, I I got him just shuffled around a bit. Harrison Butker, number one. Willett's number two. Tucker, number three. Uh, number four, I have from Arizona, Gonzalez. What now? Yes. The Arizona. Arizona. Arizona the Cardinals. The Cardinals. The kicker from the Cardinals. <sighs> here you go again. <laughs> hey, are you not on this Arizona bandwagon yeah, no nobody's on it you're the only one on it you're driving it i'm driving it. it i'm driving that trade even if it catches on fire <laughs> because zane gonzalez is gonna be kicking bombs from the 50 yard line and just you know padding up those points for the cardinals he okay in my defense if you look at fantasy points last year just straight up who had the most points sure. out of the kickers he was number five he was number five so he's not he's not some guy i'm pulling out of the bag at the bottom of the list this guy is proven he can kick he can can make from you know long distances and doesn't miss the point afters and so that's what i like and then matt gay rounding out with tampa bay uh number five okay all right so pretty much the same and then you're just like hey arizona's my team uh i gotta put this guy in here yeah, there's, I mean, Arizona, <laughs> the Chiefs are the same way. I feel like uh, we're giving a lot of love to the Chiefs, you know, but. Right, but I mean, Super back. Bowl, so. Right, but that back when the Patriots were dominating, everyone had like Gronk, Randy Moss, like all these players, you know, ranked in their top 10. So when you have the best team, that means you have the best players normally, and they're going to be in these top 10s. It's how the world works. Well, Harrison K- Butker is the best kicker in the NFL. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I can. All right. Now let's round it out. Coming down to the home stretch here. Defense special teams. I've got similar to what last year was. I got 49ers one. I got Ravens two. Bills three. Patriots four. And then Steelers five. They're just the best, in my opinion, overall, holistically, fantasy and non-fantasy. They're the best five defenses in the league. The 49ers and Ravens really get the benefit from great offenses as well, which helps. The Patriots and Steelers more so have to deal a lot more with lackluster offenses, which makes to me their them being a top five fancy defense more impressive. And then Bills, their offense is solid. It's definitely not as bad as the Patriots or Steelers, but it's nowhere where the Ravens is. But man, they just get after the quarterback and create turnovers. So that's my top five defenses slash special teams. So, I mean, once again, defenses and kickers kind of go hand in hand. I got, I got Steelers number one, 49ers number two, Ravens number three, Bears number four, Bills number five. And, you know, the Bears, Khalil Mack's so good. And, and that Bears defense is good. But I don't know if I like them on my list. <laughs> They're the ones that I'm kind of – I, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of putting them there. Right. Um, if I were to swap them out with somebody, I might look at the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks okay. could be could be a defense that really improves based on their off season. What happened? Right. So I might switch that out before I do my draft. We'll see. And then just a couple teams of mention. The Patriots had the most points last year for defenses they they were incredible on the defensive side of the ball it's a bill belichick team they they always are but the reason they're not on my list this year is they've lost eight players maybe more due to covid and some of those players were key defensive players like hightower really hurts the team's chemistry when you lose a lot of players like that i lack some confidence there that being said it is still ran by bill belichick and I will not be surprised if the Patriots are a top three defense at the end of the year still, because somehow that guy will find someone sitting at a bar in Boston and ask him to play that for their defense. And he, I don't know where he finds these players, but I don't recognize a lot of their names when they all of a sudden become all-stars, right? right. Uh, it's, it's incredible what he's done there. So, uh, and then the other one would be the chiefs. They're, they're not a top five defense, but, I think they do improve from the 2019 season. Uh, they had a new defensive coordinator last year in Spagnola, 
I think that if you looked at the later half of the year, maybe like the last five games of the season and you watched the Chiefs defense play, it was like night and day compared to weeks one through five. Uh, and, and so it seems like it took some time for those players to understand Spag's scheme and uh, how he runs his things there. So I could see that defense really, really improving. They were able to pay Chris Jones and keep him. Uh, you know, Frank Clark, obviously the honey badger at safety. It's some names there that are pro bowlers and year after year kind of helps things. So I'd watch out for the Chiefs. They they could have um, a top five defense, I think, um, in 2020. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely possible. Spe- speaking of honey badgers, last thoughts here before, before we wrap up. Want to know who Washington should change their team name to? The Washington Honey Badgers. No? Why is it? Why is that? I don't know. It's just a great, like, it's a, it's a badass animal. It is. And, it and is. they don't have a team name right now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd be all for that. I mean, that logo would be sick. Hey, Dan Snyder, at me. I, I want credit for this if you guys take this name. Uh, you're welcome in advance. The Washington Honey Badgers. Lock right. it in. Lock it in 2021. <laughs> I like it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for stopping by. That's episode four, our fantasy wrap-up. We'll be talking more fantasy, obviously, later in the season as the season kicks up here in a couple couple weeks. And uh, we'll see you in episode five.